0: Happy New Year, Married with Children podcast fans worldwide. I want to personally wish you all a very happy and healthy New Year 2022. 2021 has been a banner year for the podcast, and it looks like 2022 will be no different. Next week, we will air another cast interview, and you will need to tune in in order to find out who it is. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. 2022 will be bittersweet in that we should conclude the review of all 259 of the show's episodes, barring any interruption to the schedule. We hope to have some more interviews and provide you with some additional bonus content. But beyond that, we don't know yet if and what we'll do. But until then, keep tuning in. Same Bundy time, same Bundy channel.
1: This is Annabelle, aka Mary Daniac, and I just want to wish all the Married with Children fans out there a very happy new year. I also want to say a big, big thank you for all the fans and listeners of the podcast who continue to support us and our passion project. As you've all witnessed, 2021 was a very successful and fortuitous year for the podcast, myself included. I mean, I've had a pretty good year all around. Some some horrible things have happened, but mostly very positive. Personally speaking, I got married and all the guys on the podcast sent me lovely messages. And then show-wise, not only did I get the opportunity to speak to Ed O'Neill very briefly... (laughs) but to see him do a live chat online. I mean that's something that's that's a positive to come out of this pandemic. Actors having more time and they do more online things and you know if you catch wind of something grab grab the opportunity by the balls and get yourself a ticket and and listen to this thing. I didn't I didn't know there'd be a Q&A. And next thing you know I'm talking to the man I'm thinking what am I going to say? What am I going to say? And couldn't record it. I mean I, I was just so blown away. I didn't know what to do. I was I was frozen. But not as petrified as I was when word came through that we could sit down with God himself and chat for two hours about our favorite television show in the entire world, Mr. Michael G. Moye. I want to thank him again for giving us his time. And like his wife says, he doesn't talk about this a lot. So we're thankful to him, to his wife, to Chris and all the podcast guys. Um, Alex and I had a lot of fun doing that interview together and hopefully we can bring you some, some more interviews next year, next season I mean, who, who knows, but we did pretty well this year so again, thank you to you all for your continued support, for listening for leaving Michael Moyer YouTube comments to read, we do what we can, hopefully we've entertained you we've just got a year to go peace out Bumby fans
2: well I hope everybody out there had a wonderful Christmas, this is Stephen Scott from Team
3: Aerosmith and We're looking forward to a brand new year, and I hope you look forward to a brand new year, too. Tyler and I are going to be bringing you a lot of our analysis, and I'm going to be joining up with the others, Matt, Nanabelle, Luigi, and Chris Gunther. And we're also going to bring a few of you on here, too. So I bet you're going to look forward to that. Of course, we will be finishing this project probably around next November. We will finally finish all of the episodes of Married with Children. So come along for the ride, it's going to be a blast, and I'm looking forward to
2: having you all tune in every week. Hello everyone, Billy Ray Chris here with the Marywood Children podcast, and it's December, so you know what that means. I'm sitting here doing my annual Christmas special viewing. So I'm getting an opportunity to see Santa Claus splattered all across the Bundy's backyard. I'm watching Sam Tennyson convince Al Bundy that his life is worth living. I'm getting a chance to see Al uh, take a job santing at the mall. And, of course, I'm getting a chance to see Peg's mom taking a job as a phone sex operator and talking to Shoehorn O'Plenty and all the rest of Al's no mam friends. Uh, but anyways, on a serious note, I did want to thank all of our listeners who followed us this year uh, throughout 2021 as we uh, made our way through Season 9 and on into the beginning of season 10. Um, I feel like 2021, we had a lot of really uh, great highlights. Of course, the highlight of the year was, uh, you know, the podcast got an opportunity to interview Mr. Michael Moyer and our, uh, you know, of course, who's the co-creator of Married with Children. Our uh, founder, Alex Edwards, came out of retirement for that interview and uh, we were thankful for that and he conducted the interview with the great Annabelle. And uh, Luigi and myself got an opportunity to interview uh, Dr. Juliet Tablack, who of course played Amber, Bud Bundy's love interest in season nine. So see, 2021 had a lot of highlights and we're looking forward to what 2022 has in store for us. We have a few surprises ahead. Of course, I won't reveal those now, but Believe me, you're not going to want to miss the podcast in 2022 as we make our way through season 10 and on into the, end the end, very end of the show in season 11. So keep listening. And, you know, as always, we want to thank all of our listeners who comment on the Facebook page and comment on the, the uh, YouTube page and all that good stuff. Because without you guys, it wouldn't be anything. So I just want to wish all of our listeners a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we'll see you in 2022. Hello, this is Matt from Australia,
3: uh, part of Team Australia, and the closest thing you have to a British person on this podcast. I'd like to wish you all a very happy 2022. Uh, it's going to be a bit bittersweet at the end of this year, because it'll be mid the end of the Married Children podcast, but... I've really enjoyed my time on the podcast since I joined in the middle of 2020 when everything was still weird and half-closed. Even in Australia, things were still half-closed for a lot of us. Uh, So, yes, it's been an honour to be on the podcast. I I look forward to making a few more episodes and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a bit bittersweet when it comes to an end. So, enjoy 2022, people, especially every single episode of the podcast. Whoa, Bundy! Look, Daddy, teacher says... Every time a bell rings, a Bundy gets to eat. Well, your teacher is full of snot. <laughs> Happy New Year, Murraywood Children fans. This is your wonderful host, Tyler, wishing you a most wonderful holiday. I hope you all made it through chilling with your families and didn't murder each other. I hope all of my favorite Merrywood with Children dudes out there got to have wonderful ba uh, times in the bathroom and of course everybody who wanted to be just like Kelly and watch the Garfield Christmas special over and over and over as I assume she does I hope you got a chance to do that it's a nice touch for the holidays and if you're like bud well uh why don't you just stay in the room okay make sure your door is shut and for all of my wonderful Miss Bundys out there, settle down into that couch, break out some bonbons and watch that ball drop as we ring in 2022. And more wonderful Merrywood Children memories. Finishing up season 10 and getting into season 11. Oh, it's almost here. Whew. I cannot express to you guys, everyone out there, how fortunate and happy i am to be a part of this i can't wait to make more memories you guys have a wonderful holiday and remember
4: hey guys it's the creator of the married with children podcast al and i just want to say i hope everyone has a very happy new year We all know 2020 and 2021 were not exactly what we hoped they would be. 2021 being not as bad, but pretty bad for some people. Crazy year for me, I know for sure. The one thing you could always count on is shows like this. You know, during these times, it's always great to hear the movie theater is opened again. You can go see the new Halloween movie or the new season of Cobra Kai is coming out or that Ghostbusters, the movie, came out again. Things like that. And we're happy to hear about that after a huge delay. So imagine a show like this, where the Married with Children podcast keeps coming out week after week with free, great, fun content for fans of the show to just enjoy. No delays. I mean, unless they take a break here and there, that's expected. I mean, this is a five year long ordeal. That's how it started when I created it back then. That's why it was going to be a weekly show, because it, it takes 260-some-odd weeks to get this all done. So it's a lot to just keep going week after week, and it's tough. And it's one of the reasons the original team didn't stick through the whole thing, you know? It, that became an issue for some people, and it just it ended up, uh, you know, essentially breaking up the original team so it's it's very hard to do so just remember that every time you hear a new show every week just remember what it would be like to constantly keep going and going and going no matter what's going on in your life and think of how hard that is and there are some really supportive listeners of this show and we appreciate you guys so much you are the greatest you know who you are and we hope that you especially enjoy 2022 because with this team and everything they do now and everything you can go back and listen to of the original cast, I mean, it's just uh, a Married with Children jamboree here, and uh, hopefully it's the companion piece you always wanted to watching the show. I will say, you know, 2021 was not perfect, but it obviously had one of the big highlights in my life, and that was interviewing Michael Moyer, the only living creator of Married with Children, you know... You know, I never thought that little, like, 11-year-old kid that was forced into his parents' room because everybody was using the real TV in the living room, so I had to stay up there on my parents' bed and binge-watch my VHS tapes of Married with Children. I remember I told you guys somewhere, probably along the way, that, you know, I I made a VHS tape uh, as soon as I realized how amazing the show was. And the first show that was ever on, it was, uh, you know, Kelly running away. And then, you know, Al slamming her boyfriend's head into the door and all that kind of stuff. And then the one where Al moved the couch across the street and all the women found him sexy and all that. Like, all those episodes, like, were on my tape. And I just remember sitting there watching on my parents' bed as a little kid. And never thinking that that little kid one day... ...would be talking to the guy who created all this. Like, the real Hollywood thing here. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's a weird, very surreal thing. Nor did I ever, you know, nothing like this existed at that time either. Who would think, yeah, one day you're gonna grow up and do a talk show about this... ...stuff you're watching right now. That you like so much. Yeah, that interview was just... ...a surreal moment in our lives. Very grateful, and definitely the highlight of 2021 um probably not even 2021 for this podcast but this podcast in general since its conception so that's it happy new year guys and uh let's see what 2022 brings
5: can you believe that tomorrow is our five-year high school reunion i mean that means we've been out of school for like For like years. (laughs) I hear people are coming from all over for this reunion. Mm -hmm. Even foreign countries like Indiana. (laughs) Indonesians are coming? (laughs) We better brush up on our Spanish.
0: Let's rock.
5: Thanks, Dad.
0: Can I get a open
6: Whoa! No Man Presents, live
3: from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast.
0: Tonight, the Married with Children podcast goes back to high school, and I think we should have a five year reunion every year. <laughs>
2: It's Chris here and I'm looking up at the sky it's a bird it's a plane it's mr. potato head
7: Uh, mr. B here and I think there are actually people coming from other countries like Indiana
0: (laughs) (laughs) so welcome back to the married with children podcast today we are reviewing blonde and blonder season 10 episode 8 original air date November 5th 1995 Marcy organizes a Toys for Guns campaign to get kids something else to play with than toy guns. Kelly has a post-graduation five-year reunion and is shocked to learn that the nerd she once stood up has become handsome and rich. Director, Jerry Cohen. Writers, Stacey Lipp and Richard Gurman. Special guest stars, Heidi Mark as Ashley. Kathleen Freeman as the voice of Peg's mom. Lisa Boyle as Fawn. Lisa Picote as Mindy, Casper Van Dien as Eric Waters, Sarah Ann Morris as Jessica, Armando Garza as Fireman Roberto, Tina New as Debbie, Troy Frohman as Chad, Lucky the Dog as Lucky the Dog, Bert L. Cook as Policeman, who is uncredited, and Kim Weisskopf as the voice of Lucky. For comedy that'll knock you out, catch
2: Fox Sunday night. First, Woo-hoo! Homer's on a quest to be the world's heaviest man. I don't want to look like a weirdo. I'll just go with a moo. On a brand new Simpsons. Then, can Gina cut it as a housewife? i will be damned if I'm going to eat another chicken pie. A brand new Martin. And what makes Kelly Bundy so hot? There's a poor alarm down at the orphanage, but that can wait. Learn her secret on a brand new Married with Children. It's all part of Fox's
0: Knockout November Sunday. So welcome back everyone and today we have a very special guest host and someone who I've mentioned on this podcast before uh, who was a teacher back in high school uh, back at my high school who actually I used to talk a lot about married with children and I'd say like you know those four years I was in high school we generally had a very regular session on Monday mornings to talk about the Sunday night episode. So Mr. B welcome to the show.
7: Thank you very much, Luigi. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, I'll say, Mr. B., it's definitely, uh, it's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a lot more than five years since I, <laughs> I was in high school, but... Um, Quite, yeah. <laughs> you know, I remember on one episode of the podcast, I talked about how, you know, we had this very long discussion about, you know, Kelly with long hair versus short hair. Right. And, uh, and I'll say, you know, after more than 25 years, I'd say that you were right. Well, yeah,
7: you know, I always enjoyed... You know, Kelly with the long hair. But when I saw those later episodes when she cut it, I'm like, you know what? She looks a thousand times better with the short hair, I think. <laughs> and I remember us discussing that.
0: Yeah, so, so, Chris, you remember that podcast episode? That was the beginning of season nine. I sure do. I remember you talking about a teacher from high school that
2: uh, you would discuss the show with. It's, it's pretty cool that uh, he's joining us for this episode.
0: I'm looking forward to it. So anyway, so Mr. B, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey
7: yeah, well, I, st- I started watching My with Children, I guess, when it was airing on TV, you know, in the 80s, and uh, not to date myself, but, and, you know, I absolutely loved it. I mean, it was one of the funniest shows I've ever seen, and watched it religiously, right, on uh, on Sundays, and then, um, you know, I guess I, I left it for a while, a few years, I guess, um, and then I came back to it like later on and just started watching like reruns on TV. And I was like, man, I forgot how great this show was, um, you know, and, and how funny it was. And once I started watching it again, and I'm talking now about probably late, late nineties, early 2000. So I, maybe I left it for a couple of years. It wasn't a long time, but I started watching the reruns again. And ever since I tell you every morning I wake up, before I go to work, I give myself, I jump in the shower, give myself half an hour to sit with a cup of coffee and watch one episode of Married with Children. It's every morning, religiously, before I go to work, that's how I start my day. And I cannot function unless I have my coffee and my episode of Married with Children. It just puts me in the mood uh, to get through the day.
0: It's just that laughter, huh? Oh, it is. <laughs> awesome. it's, it's
7: the laughter. It's, awesome. it's Al Bundy's take on life. His his wit, his sarcasm—it's just—it's outstanding. You know me, Luigi, from when I taught. I I I'm a sarcastic guy. Uh, it's just how I am. And Al it just says everything I'm thinking.
0: <laughs> yeah, we we definitely say that a lot in the podcast. You know, Al—the character of Al Bundy—says what everyone thinks, but they can't say out loud. Exactly. Right. right. I remember like episodes like this one. So this episode aired uh, in November of my senior year of high school. So. I I probably you know, and I have a great memory. It's like I remember when Kelly cut her hair, right? And I w- I would say we probably talked about this like the the day after it aired the first time. Yeah, you know, I I I can remember it. I could probably would have said it's like wow, like you know, just check out all the blondes on that episode. <laughs> 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 and uh, it just so happens that the episode's called Blonde and Blonder.
7: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there was some there was some serious eye candy in that episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, recently, Jerry Herring was on our podcast, so he's our big Steve Rhodes fan, and he started this tradition on the podcast where we took note of all of the actresses who were uh, guests on the episode who had posed nude. So on this one, I believe there are three. So uh, uh, Chris, what, <laughs> when we get through like the character biographies, uh, you can talk about them, but I believe it's uh, Le- Heidi Mark. Uh, was Playboy Playmate uh, 1995, as, long, as well as Lisa Boyle. And I believe that Sarah Ann Morris was also uh, had posed nude at one point.
2: Yeah, I tried to look up everybody, uh, look at their IMDb's and just see what I found out there. I remember, I think I think you're right, I think there was three of them. Um, yeah,
7: just give me a minute to dig out those issues, okay? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I think there was three that had posed either for Playboy or uh, nude in one
0: manner or the other. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully it wasn't Kathleen Freeman though. Yeah, <laughs> God help us. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, I'd say season ten. You know, and we're we're sort of underway with season ten at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think season ten was really the season where there was a lot of eye candy. Yeah. You know, season nine, for example, we, we had some cute chicks. I mean, we had Julia Tablack, who we interviewed. Obviously, there's Kerry Russell at the end of season nine, right, but I think season ten, I think like almost every episode or every other episode there's someone who posed nude for Playboy there's the Shannon Tweed episode that's coming up next week, right yeah, uh, I mean good. she posed yeah, so, nude. Yeah uh inga and helga the two swedish girls that alan <laughs> yep. jefferson go i mean they yep. pose nude i mean the list just goes yep. on and on i mean our our season 10 wrap-up show there's gonna it's gonna be very difficult to to choose who our <laughs> yeah. uh yeah. Who our t- who our yeah. top chick is <laughs> <Yeah>. that's awesome <laughs> i'm so, well, Alga? The really cool
2: the really cool thing about it is uh this group of friends that kelly has uh i believe they're on about four or five episodes this season aren't they because they're on yeah. the Spring Break. The, yeah, they're on the Spring Break episode, so that's kind of cool. We get to see them down in, uh, down in Florida, so that'll be fun for Spring right. Break. So. There's,
7: one, there's one missing from the Spring Break episode. I forget which one it is. One of the blondes is not in the
0: Spring Break episode. Yeah. Uh, that is uh, Sarah Ann Morris. Okay. She's, she's not in that one. Now, Lisa Boyle originally appeared on Married with Children as uh, Bubbles Double D. That is the No Ma'am episode with Jerry Springer. Okay. Oh, okay.
2: One where they're like, will you jump up and down? And she's like, sure. And like, sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, she plays Fawn. You know, Fawn, Fawn, let's get it on. Right, right. Right. And uh, Heidi Mark, uh, you know, she's like the, uh, the, the blonde eye candy. I and mean, she appears, I believe, in this episode in Spring Break. And also even Lisa Picode, who plays Mindy. She, um, she's the one with the retainer. Right. Uh, she, she, she also appears on, on a bunch of episodes.
2: So I had it in my notes and tell me if you guys agree with this, but I guess she was casted to play the part of like a nerd, but she's friends with Kelly, which is weird, you know, and she's wearing a retainer. But also
7: she's, she's got the retainer. And in my opinion, she's hot. I mean, you you lose, you lose, you lose the headgear. And I mean, it's like, she's just as hot as any of those other ones.
2: Yeah. I had it in my notes. What I, I'll tell you exactly what I wrote down. I was like, I'm confused by the casting of this character. She's obviously supposed to be a nerd. She's wearing that huge retainer, but she's friends with Kelly, you know, Kelly normally wouldn't hang out with nerds, but the real confusing thing is she's not that bad looking like they talk about like Bud is like Bud acts like she's hideous. She's not that bad looking. I mean, she's not like a playboy playmate, but she's certainly not terrible looking. I mean, she's like a decent looking girl, you know?
0: but you know what i think it also plays into sort of the culture of high school right you know they they always say it's yeah. like the um you know the the i mean and these are stereo gen, general stereotypes it's like the Like, the hot chicks usually had, like, some ugly or overweight girl, you know, friend, right? Right. (laughs) Like, like, like like, you know, and they're sort of playing off. And I think that's what they tried to do with her. But they gave her this headgear to make it appear that that she wasn't. But I'll say of the group, she's the most accomplished actress. Like, the other ones were really, like, these models who became actresses, right? But I think, like, uh, Lisa Picotte really is truly an actress who had to, like, really play a part that the other ones couldn't. Like right. I'll say it like Sarah Jane, Sarah Ann Morris, uh, who plays Jessica. She really didn't have many lines, but she's obviously beautiful, and she's present. You know, she's presented to us, but she doesn't really interact as much. Yeah. Most of the lines are coming from the Mindy character. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get underway. The title for this episode is a pun on the movie Dumb and Dumber, a 1994 American screwball comedy film directed by Peter Farrelly, who co-wrote the screenplay with Bobby Farrelly and Bennett Yellen. Starring Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels, it tells the story of Lloyd Christmas and Harry Dunn, two dumb but well-meaning friends from Providence, Rhode Island, who set out on a cross-country trip to Aspen, Colorado to return a briefcase full of money to its owner. Thinking it was abandoned as a mistake, but was actually left as ransom money. Lauren Holly, Karen Duffy, Mike Starr, Charles Rocket, and Terry Garr play supporting roles. The film was released on December 16, 1994. It grossed 247 million at the box office and has developed a cult following in the years since its release.
2: Yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely a cult classic. You know, they came out with a um, another one, uh, Dumb and Dumber 2. Uh, to <laughs> Um. What was it about six or seven years ago, something like that? Um, I think more. Yeah, maybe maybe a few years longer than that. I can't can't remember exactly, but uh, Jim Carrey and Daniels returned. Uh, Jeff Daniels they returned to reprise their roles. It was pretty good. I don't know if y'all saw it, but
0: yeah, that was in 2014, and you know, and that's just sort of like I think 2014. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's just a um, a repeat of like Hollywood. You know, just try to like dig, dig back into the vault. It's like, what made money like 30 years ago? And like, right. let's re- let's recycle it.
2: Right, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, Mr. B, how do you feel about that? I mean, like, I-, I feel like, you know, especially over the last decade, there's been like a loss of creativity, particularly in Hollywood.
7: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're running out of ideas. You look at how many movies are just rehashed. You know, all the remakes, uh, the part twos, the part threes, they're absolutely running out of ideas. You know, and, and, and most of them are terrible, unfortunately. Uh, you know, absolutely not. When they do the remakes, they're not as good as the originals, ever. I've never seen a remake that was as good or better than the original. You know, and that's, I, I mean, I guess I'm more of a lover of the classics. I just, I just think they're running out of ideas, and it's a shame.
0: Absolutely. So we open with Peggy coming down the stairs, carrying a box, and Peg's mother yelling down the stairs.
8: Margaret, what's in that box? Is it food? No, Mom. It's just some old toys I'm collecting for charity. Don't lie to your mother. I smell garlic chicken. (laughs) It's just Al's socks.
0: (laughs) So Peg's mom refers to Peggy as Margaret. That's one of the things that's uh, very specific about Peg's mom. And she wonders if that's food. (laughs) Yes.
7: (laughs) She smells
0: smells garlic chicken, right? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And they think it's, uh, and Peg says that it's Al's socks. (laughs) Classic. Man,
2: so I I, I guess I thought too much into this, but I was like, so Al's socks and feet smell garlic, smell like garlic chicken now? I mean, honestly, that's a hell of an improvement over what we've seen in the past.
7: (laughs) Well, yeah, (laughs) exactly. Think about
2: it. In the past. Yeah, in the past, we've seen Al take his shoes off, which causes the uh, mask to, to deploy on the plane. We've seen him stick his feet in the water on the in the England episode and kill fish. We've seen him uh, remove his shoes off, take his shoes off, which makes the uh, birds literally fall from the sky. Right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, if his feet smell like garlic chicken, I say that's a hell of an improvement in my book. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> hey, pig. Yeah!
9: Do I smell garlic chicken?
8: No, Al. But guess what I found in the attic?
9: If I want to keep a noose upstairs, that's my business, Peg. Uh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You have to admit, I mean, nobody does gallows humor humor as good as uh, that that character, huh? Oh,
7: nobody. The, the, The number of times he talks about killing himself. And I love the fact that in that one episode, death finally shows up. And says, Do you realize how many times you've called for me? Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> and the image of his wife.
7: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And yeah. he looks and he, he just looks and he goes, Of course. Right. <laughs> That's
9: classic. <laughs>
8: oh, no, I dug up all these old toys. They're from Marcy's Toys for Guns exchange program. <laughs> yeah,
9: you know, where do kids today get the idea that a gun is something to play with?
1: foreplay no honey this can't be foreplay i'm enjoying it and i'm in the room
2: yeah i gotta gotta crack out of that i had you know i had nerf guns as a kid as every other, as every other kid did
7: right don't they don't they first say something about um that they were something about foreplay and 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 Peg is like, no. If it was foreplay, if it was foreplay, I'd be like, I'd be happy. And I was like, yeah, and I wouldn't be here. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the one thing I'll say about this episode. Like, it, it was like machine gun fire. You know, no pun intended. In terms yeah. of like jokes, it's like pretty much set up joke, set up mm-hmm. joke. I mean, like a, a typical sitcom usually it's like three, like it's almost like three lines to like to do a setup. It's almost like an interlude in a joke, yeah. but this one was like rapid fire. Like, you know, oh, yeah. uh, they just kept going. And I think that's one of the things at least that made it enjoyable to me to watch. But we but also get to a point you start shaking your head. But I think as we get, as we get on, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. And Al, you know, Al's always made jokes
7: about enjoying, like when Peg was out of town, And he says it's either the Jefferson or Steve. I don't remember the episode, but, you know, he's looking forward to sex tonight. And like, I thought Peg was out of town. So that's why I'm looking
6: forward to it.
8: (laughs) I can't believe you guys. The whole point of this Toys for Guns exchange program is to give kids something else to play with besides firearms.
0: Now, you know, they talk about uh, trading guns for toys. So I actually remembered this. So when I did my research on this particular thing, uh, this was a thing in the early 90s. Uh, there's an article in the New York Times uh, dated December 28th, 1993. It talks about trading guns for toys. And uh, it talk about this happening in the 34th precinct in Washington Heights section of Manhattan. You know, this is, uh, you know, sort of at the end of the crack cocaine epidemic uh, in, in New York City. Yeah. So this was a thing. And it looks like it was repeated and usually, I'm assuming, in metropolitan areas across the country. So it definitely was something. And, you know, the Married with Children writers uh, sort of tapped into it. So it definitely was a thing.
2: I read that article that you put there. I was trying to find the part that stuck out to me. Um, uh, the, he, the, the, I believe it said somewhere in the article that uh, New York City had two million guns. If I remember right? Yeah. Tried yes. to I that? that's crazy that's like i mean for once i mean i realize the u.s obviously has a lot of guns i mean i i was I, you know i read an article that we have more guns than we do citizens in the country <laughs> but like two two million in one city that's kind of crazy to think about yeah that i mean is- if
0: you figure the population of the city at the time was probably about seven million seven and a half million so like one gun for every like let's say three people or thereabouts yeah,
2: well, you know, I, I think it's just weird to me because I think of New York as a, you know, I, I could be totally wrong here, but I think of New York as like a, a big anti-gun state. <laughs> so to think about um, 2 million firearms there in one city, especially, you know, we're talking almost 30 years ago now, 28 years ago. That seems like a big No, but, but I mean, remember, yeah.
0: this? you're, you're talking oh, about yeah. illegal guns. I mean, it's- yeah. so right uh, and true. the crime rate at that point in time was very very high so i, I mean i have to take their yeah. word for it i'm assuming you know there was uh, you know, some estimate to that but it definitely was it definitely was a thing oh sure uh, yeah
8: for instance i am donating this oil covered alaskan seagull <laughs> now watch what happens when i pull the string <clears throat> Kids, don't drink and drive
2: an oil tanker.
0: (laughs) Now they make a crack about the Exxon Valdez
2: spell. The Exxon Valdez spell was a spill that occurred in Prince William Sound, Alaska on March 24th, 1989, when the Exxon Valdez oil tanker owned by Exxon Shipping Company, which was bound for Long Beach, California, struck the William Sound Bly Reef, which was 1.5 miles west of Tadalac, Alaska at 12.04 a.m. and spilled 10.8 million U.S. gallons of crude oil over the next few days. It is considered the worst oil spill worldwide in terms of damage to the environment. The Valdez spill is still the second largest in U.S. waters after the 2010 Deepwater Horizon oil spill in terms of volume released. And I remember when this happened too, you know, I was, I was like five or something. I remember seeing a lot of references to this and I I guess I would have been in kindergarten then maybe something like that. And I remember us talking about, talking about it, you know, even at that age, you know, it was a big deal.
0: You know, I mean, uh, like when I put on Hulu, like they have these uh, commercials for Dawn soap. Right. And, and, you know, and they have like uh, one of the uh, recent commercials is like someone cleaning a oil covered duck with Dawn soap you know, to get the crude oil out of it. These birds,
10: once affected by oil, are heading back home thanks to Dawn. Rescue workers only
0: trust Dawn because it's tough on grease yet gentle. I am home, I am home, I am home. You know, so I feel like that's an illusion mm-hmm. that goes back to that Exxon Valdez spell. So, so the crack yeah, yeah. on uh, Married with Children was, you know, kids, don't, drive, uh, don't drink and drive an oil tanker. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great.
7: I smell
9: foul. You certainly do.
6: <laughs> you certainly do. <laughs>
7: it reminded me of, uh, there was an I Love Lucy episode where uh, Lucy was fed up with something, and she says to Ethel, Ethel, I'm revolting. And Ethel says,
0: ah, well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> oh, God. So now Jefferson talks about how he can help disadvantaged youngsters with dice. You know, I'm going to give the disadvantaged youngsters these dice.
8: <laughs> Jefferson, why would you give a kid dice?
10: Oh, these aren't just any dice. They're loaded. <laughs> yep, the lucky gangbanger who trades in a Uzi for these babies will earn self-esteem as he fleeces confused retirees out of their social security checks.
0: So he talks about giving uh, kids a loaded dice. Loaded. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, uh, I love Jefferson, man. He's always looking. He's always looking to either scam someone or pull one over on somebody or oh, something yeah. and, you know in this case he's he's trying to teach kids how to do it
7: <laughs> his famous lakefront property
0: right yeah and he, in this case he's trying to fleece confused retirees out of their social security checks <laughs> uh you know, I remember my grandmother uh, would get her Social Security check, and it would come, like, on the third of the month, and it's like, you know, she was like a bloodhound, you know, when it, when it came time to, like, it's like, oh, it's the third, you know, and she'd be checking for that check to come in, right? Uh,
8: What's Mr. Potato Head doing here?
9: I don't know, you married him. <laughs>
8: that, Mr. Potato Head. The one that's actually worth something.
6: Oh,
10: I'm sorry, Marcy. I myself once had a Mr. Potato Head who meant a lot to me.
8: Well, my little sticky buns, what happened to him?
10: Well, one night, frat brothers and I got stinko on champagne and grenadine. (laughs) Next thing I knew, I was stuffing Mr. Potato Head's hiney with cherry bombs. (laughs) We lit the fuse and blew Mr. Potato Head into hash
6: browns. (laughs) Oh,
0: we laughed till we puked. Uh, So now we have a reference to Mr. Potato Head. And uh, Al says, well, you married him. And, 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 and Marcy <laughs> seems to agree. Says, that, that, not that Mr. Potato Head to the one that's actually worth something. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, That's great. So Mr. Potato Head is a toy consisting of a plastic model of a, of a potato, which can be decorated with a variety of plastic parts that can attach to the main body. These parts usually include ears, eyes, shoes, a hat, a nose, and a mouth. The toy was invented and developed by George Lerner in 1949 and first manufactured and distributed by Hasbro in 1952. Mr. Potato Head was the first toy advertised on television and remained in production since its debut. The toy was originally produced as separate plastic parts with push pins that could be stuck into a real potato or vegetable or other vegetable. However, due to complaints regarding rotting vegetables and new government safety regulations, Hasbro began including a plastic potato body with a toy set in 1964. Over the years, the original toy was joined by Mrs. Potato Head and supplemented with accessories such as a car and a boat trailer. The Mr. and Mr. Potato Head characters appeared in the Toy Story franchise voiced by Don Rickles and Estelle Harris, respectively. You know what's funny about that, Luigi? Is... I had no idea that the original Mr. Potato Head was an actual potato, but that makes total sense because the closing joke there of Jefferson blasting off that potato, I noticed that it wasn't a real Mr. Potato Head. (laughs) I was like, I remember thinking, why didn't they just get a real, why didn't they just get a Mr. Potato Head toy? Like it was obvious that it wasn't, but that makes sense now, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. But I'm like, you know, I mean, whose idea was it to put a potato, you know, a real potato into a, into like a box and, you know, like, I mean, you're like for those classic toy collectors. I mean, you know, if you have a potato in a box and you want to hold on to it for 30 years, you know.
2: <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, that That would be a toy that would not be very durable. I mean, you buy it and it would like, you know, you last it, it, you, the toy might last a month and you have to throw it out because you'd have bugs and ants and stuff. In your yeah, house. I mean, not,
7: not, not much of a shelf life on that toy. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind, new in box. Like that doesn't really cool. count. Me. I
2: mean, that that's pretty cool. You know, I um, of course we've all had a Mr. Potato Head over the years, but I I, I collect uh, Transformers action figures and stuff. I have a uh, Optimus Prime Mr. Potato Head in, in one of my in my man cave here at the house. It's kind of cool.
0: Wow! So th- there's a reference to champagne and grenadine. <laughs> <laughs> that's so hey mr b i mean you remember those i mean that seems to be like a a little before. (laughs) listen i was i
7: was basically a a beer drinker you know so that's like that's that's not my uh, that wasn't my thing man
0: (laughs) yeah so so champagne is a brand of malt liquor brewed with yeast more commonly used in wine fermentation to produce a beer resembling sparkling wines in taste and grenadine is commonly used uh, is a commonly used non-alcoholic bar syrup characterized by a flavor that is both tart and sweet and by a deep red color it is popular as an ingredient in cocktails both for its flavor and to give a reddish or pink tint to mix drinks now I feel like there were references to Sh- uh, champagne and on Sanford and Son yes. because I think there was like one where like he said champagne and yes. Ripple and he called it champagne.
7: <laughs> Champipple that was it man <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> yep that was it shan Pipple man <laughs> yeah that's right that was that was that was one of his drinks what was the other one the other one was um say
0: so it was ripple. ripple i mean ripple wild, was the and, and was wild the turkey one. wasn't he like wild turkey yeah well al bundy was a big wild turkey fan and you know if you check out i don't know if you checked out the um the youtube channel mr b but i actually did uh tang with uh Wild Turkey okay. was uh, was one of my uh, <laughs> uh, Married with Children creations. I called it a Bundy. Um, uh, I call it, I think, a, uh, not a Bundy mimosa. Well, what was it? I forgot what I called Because a Bundy mimosa is, I think. uh
7: it's champagne and, and tang.
0: No, a beer and tang.
7: Beer and tang. There you go. Beer and, and tang. Beer and tang. Bundy mimosas.
0: Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> so I, I forgot what I called it. But if you check out the YouTube channel, you'll see, like, I did this whole thing on tang, and that that's was great. one of my creations. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, so Jefferson says that he lit the fuse on Mr. Potato Head and blew him into hash browns <laughs> and, and, and they laughed until they puked so uh, I'm assuming these are like antics high school slash early college antics right? right
8: so Peggy do you have any other kids things well we have those child safety seats in the garage that we never put into the car
9: <laughs> why not well, we found that it was much easier just to leave the kids at home. <laughs> come on, let's go get them. They're in the garage. They're out in
0: the garage.
9: I'll show you where they are. All right. Uh, come on, nice. come on. Come on,
0: Marcy. Okay, so they exit into the garage. So, this, uh, the, uh, so Al, Peg, Marcy, and Jefferson exit into the garage. And in comes Kelly with this bevy of beauties Sarah Ann Morris is Jessica. Lisa Boyle as Fawn, and Lisa Picote as Mindy.
5: Um, can you believe that tomorrow is our five-year high school reunion? I mean, that means we've been out of school for like, for like, years. <laughs> I hear people are coming from all over for this reunion. Mm-hmm. Even foreign countries like Indiana. <laughs> Indonesians are coming. <laughs> we better brush up on our Spanish.
0: <laughs> so that means they've been out of school for like years. <laughs> 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 now, now you know this is, I think, they're really playing up the whole Dumb and Dumber thing because, I mean, when you listen, you know, when you watch Dumb and Dumber, I mean, you have these. Yes. You know ridiculously farcical stupid lines so yeah <laughs> that's pretty much what we have here
7: yeah i think for, for me it was like you know as as dumb as kelly is when i watched this episode i just i couldn't believe that there were four more girls dumber than she is and i'm like wow they they actually created four characters some as dumb and some dumber than kelly actually is which was amazing yeah.
0: and sluttier
2: yeah. Yes. It, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, what also struck me is like, does anybody actually believe that those four girls? I mean, even Kelly, you know, Kelly plus her three friends or four friends. How many? There's four of them, right? There's yeah. Well, well, yeah.
0: Heidi Mark comes four, comes yeah. in later. So, you know, she initially just comes in with, okay. right, with right. The three of them. Right.
2: That's right. So so ultimately there's there's four of them. Does anyone really believe that all four of those girls would be single at a high school graduation? Like they'd be married by now, or they would have a steady like boyfriend or something. Ooh, know, or anything? a
0: sugar daddy. <laughs> so now we just have this succession of jokes. So we talk about foreign countries like Indiana, and then uh, Lisa Boyle says the Indonesians are coming, says we better brush up on our Spanish. There's <laughs> like, so, like just so many things wrong
7: with that line. like. <laughs> It's classic. You know, it's like you got one stupid part of it and then there's like two other stupid parts. (laughs) Like bad enough that she says other countries like Indiana. Then you got Indonesians are coming. Then you got, we got to brush up on our Spanish. It's like, oh my God.
0: So so for everybody's, uh, so especially for our international audience. So Indiana is a state of the United States. It's not a country. So Indonesia is not Indiana. And in Indonesia, they speak Malaysian. Yeah. So, so again, you know, we just want to highlight, you know, again, they're supposed to be stupid. And, you know, and this is one of the things we've said on the podcast, Mr. B, is that, you know, it actually takes intelligent people to play stupid very well. So, you know, so I mean, the I mean, the joke is that the actresses are, you know, I don't we don't think the actress actresses to be that stupid. But in order to. You know, deliver it, to do the deadpan delivery, they have to play stupid. So I have to give them credit for that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's so
2: funny, like I was looking at the notes here on, for Indonesia is the fourth most populated country in the world. (laughs) And they were confusing it with the state of Indiana. (laughs) (laughs) Hey,
5: Kelly, whatever happened to your horny newt of a brother, Bud? (laughs) I always thought he was
8: cute. He can realign my molars anytime. (laughs) Please! I heard Bud and his hand are eloping.
10: (laughs) So, Fawn, are you still making your meteoric rise through the hierarchy of the 7-Eleven?
5: I'll have you know that I am a buyer now. (laughs) Well,
10: well, that's a change. As I recall back in school, you were a seller.
0: So now, you know, so Mindy talks about, uh, you know, how Bud can realign her molars anytime. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Bud insults Fawn by, uh, I guess, commenting that she works inside a 7-Eleven. <laughs> and he, she says that she's a buyer. And he reminds her that in high school, she was a seller. I'll right. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I tell, tell you what, I don't know about you guys, but... The cashier at my 7-Eleven doesn't look like her. I'll tell you that. No, hell no. No.
6: Hell no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. I'd be, I'd be living.
2: I, I, would, I would.
7: Please. You, I'd be living yeah, on I'd hot dogs and Slurpees.
6: <laughs> please. Yeah. Hot dogs and Slurpees
7: would be a staple diet of mine, and I'd be about 500 pounds. Yep. Yeah. Kind of counterproductive, because uh-huh. then a chick like that would never look at me, but I mean, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I think we're going to get to that part uh, Like, as uh, there's some, uh, some glimpses of truth come out in the dialogue. Yeah.
11: <laughs> hey, Bud, I'm getting my braces off in a couple years. Will you wait for me?
10: Oh, sure. Unless another hot mama with a big drooly overbite comes along first.
0: <laughs> Mindy wants to know if, she, if Bud will wait for her. She says, well, yeah, unless a hot mama with a big drooly overbite comes along first. <laughs> <laughs>
2: mindy for some reason likes bud which i thought was funny but yet he's like mortified ever
7: <laughs> yeah which makes no sense to me because she is really attractive yep.
2: yeah absolutely yeah i mean no doubt about it I mean, especially for Bud, I mean, you know.
7: <laughs> yeah, really, like once he's got a rubber woman upstairs,
2: what's a little headgear, yeah. right? What's a little
7: headgear compared to the spare tire he's got under his
0: bed? I mean, come on. <laughs> and that's Isis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, well,
2: you know, uh, Amber from last season left him. So, you know, this is a heck of a lot better than Isis,
0: you know. Exactly. <laughs> now, you know, Kelly talks about how there's one girl missing from her little posse, and that's Ashley.
5: Actually, I thought she'd be here by now. Yeah, me too. God, oh, I've really missed her. Mm. I wrote her all these really great letters. Can't wait till she gets here so I can give them to her.
7: <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote her every day. <laughs> I can't wait to give them to her. No.
11: every day here oh god
0: (laughs) now now when that door opens up and ashley walks in it's like yowza she's wearing like these uh these black uh like shiny like what are they they'll look almost like plastic i can't even say they're leather pants with that red top and it's like it's like my tongue's rolling out of my mouth on that one yeah (laughs) yeah yeah
2: yeah, I mean, she's, she's one of the hottest chicks that has ever ever been on Married with Children. And, that, and that's, that's a, a big statement to make because they've had some yeah. knockouts. You know, Pamela Anderson and, and you know, right. many others right. over the years. I, I'd say she's, she's one of the best that they've had. <laughs> she's a knockout.
0: Yeah, and, you know, she was probably the closest in age, just looking at her bio. She was born, uh, that's Heidi Mark. She was born in 1971. So, you know, when this episode aired, she was 24 years old. So, about the age of of what she's playing the character should be. Now, Lisa Boyle, uh who was also in Playboy th- uh that same year. She was born in 1964. So, she was at that point almost 30. Wow. Actually, actually excuse me, 31 at that point in time. So, I mean, she she could definitely pass as a 23-year-old no problem. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
5: Well, now that we're all here, let's all look through my yearbook and trash everybody who isn't (laughs) us. (gasps) Look
2: at that geek.
5: (laughs) He would do anything for me. Do you guys remember the time that he loaned me his car and then I went joyriding in it with another date? And then, then we tried to steer it with our butts and we wrecked it and we broke our legs. (laughs) He was such an idiot.
11: And there's this other guy. I can't remember his name, but what a dweeb. Um. Okay, he asked me the prom and I said yes. So he rented this goonie maroon tux in a stretch limo. And then when he showed up to my house, all he found was a note that said, bite me, nerd boy. (laughs) I just wish I could remember who that was.
10: That would be me.
11: Oh yeah, that would be you. I'm sorry, bud. You know, teenage girls can be so cruel. I just want you to know I apologize and I hope somehow I can make it up to you.
10: Really? (laughs) Maybe we can go out sometime.
11: Bite me, nerd boy. (laughs) Oh, i see what suckers men are.
10: (laughs) Sure, go ahead, make fun of me now. But you'll come running back to me when you're 25 and gravity's pulled you apart like a stretch arm stone.
0: So now the girls are looking at the yearbook and they're trashing uh, people who are in it. And uh, so Kelly talks about a time that uh, someone loaned her a car and she went joyriding and they wrecked it. And she broke her legs. Now, uh, I mean... When the hell did that happen? I mean, I mean we've never seen <laughs> Kelly Bundy in a cast. I thought
7: that too. Exactly. Never. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the only way it could have happened would have been
2: if, if she would, was, uh, how, how old was Kelly in season one? Was she 14, 15, I think? 14, 15?
0: Yeah, something it, like she that. Would
2: have had, it would have had to have happened when she, yeah, it would have had to have happened when she was like 13 before season one. <laughs> You know, so but what the hell was she doing driving when she was twelve or thirteen? Right, right. Well, <laughs> like, this is Kelly. This is Kelly, though.
7: Right, so, and, and you may, you remember the episode where yeah. she's daddy's, daddy's little girl and she's reminiscing, and the cop keeps bringing her home. And there's that's one true. there's one episode where the cop brings her home and she's actually dating him. She couldn't have been that's more true. than like fifteen years old. <laughs>
2: that's true. That's true. So she could. We could say, all right, well, right. You know, before season one began you know, she broke her legs in this car. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. I like how uh, Heidi Marks' character immediately starts talking about Bud. (laughs) About how such a... You know what a nerd he is what a loser he is and and you you see bud sitting in the background you know that she's talking about him there's no oh, doubt yeah. about
7: it <laughs> yeah. she's like i stood this guy up he came he showed up and i was just like yeah. i left him a note later nerd boy and he's just like looking down he's just like i wonder who that was
0: um yeah that was me
2: <laughs> yeah yeah you know it's bud there's no doubt about it
0: <laughs> oh of course so after Bud talks to uh, Ashley, who's the Heidi Mark character, uh, he insults her by saying, "But come back to me when you're 25 and gravity has pulled you apart like a Stretch Armstrong." Right.
2: <laughs> I had a Stretch Armstrong as a kid. Uh, Stretch Armstrong is a large gel-filled action figure which was first introduced in 1976 by Kenner. In 2016, at the New York Toy Fair, Hasbro announced that the return of Stretch Armstrong announced the return of Stretch Armstrong toy. In it's original 1976 design. So it's kind of exciting.
0: <laughs> so now we hear about Eric Waters, uh, was also referred to as Eric Nine Toes Water. <laughs> and um, about a particular chilly New Year's Eve where Kelly stood him up at the Heincock Tower.
5: Oh, bud, don't feel so bad. There was this guy in high school who was an even bigger loser than you. Eric Waters. Even the tape on his glasses had acne. Anyway, he asked me out this one chilly New Year's Eve And I said, sure Meet me on the top of the Hancock Tower, stripped to the buff Well, of course I stood him up But that toe they had to amputate was a good lesson I'm trying to date out of his
0: league (laughs) So the the Hancock Tower is a 100-story 1,128-foot super-tall building located in Chicago Uh, Located on the Magnificent Mile District, its name was changed to 875 North Michigan Avenue on February 12, 2018. It was constructed under the supervision of Skidmore, Owings, and Merrill with Colombian-Peruvian chief designer Bruce Graham and Bangladeshi structural engineer Fazul Rahman Khan. When the building topped out on May 6, 1968, it was the second tallest building in the world and the tallest outside of New York City. Interesting. And I've been up to the top of that uh, John Hancock's uh, tower a few to- a few times. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I have too. It's a beautiful building.
0: So, you know, so the story is that, you know, the guy was uh, stripped naked. He stripped himself naked and he waited on the top of this. And, you know, and I guess the reality is, is like, well, I mean, if he got up to the top, what about the other tourists? I mean, didn't he know that?
7: <laughs> like, was there nobody up there looking at him like stark naked and saying like, uh, what you, What are you doing there, buddy? <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And, you know, she said, well, I told him to, I told, I stood him up, but the toe, they had to have you to tell us it was a good lesson on trying to date out of his league. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, I guess that might be the inner dialogue of like the, uh, the, of the, of the, of the beautiful girls, right? You know, the. Of the hot girls, right? Right. I I wonder. I I, I don't know if that's what they think, but I'm gonna—I'll take a stretch and say, you know, no pun intended—that that's what they think, right? Right. Uh, So now we see the move.
11: Oh yeah, we did have a
5: way with the guys, didn't we? Yep. All we had to do was give them the move. I wonder if mine still works. Let me see.
7: There's
3: a four alarm down at the orphanage. But that can wait. Want to ride
6: on my truck?
5: Sure.
0: Bye. So when Kelly makes the move, in comes a fire uh, fireman. <laughs> uh, so, so you want to ride my truck? Sure. And out she goes. So now we cut back to Al, Peg, Jefferson, and Marcy.
9: I used to love Monopoly. Buy a property, put a bunch of poor people in jail. <laughs> now you want to build a hotel, you gotta put up a homeless shelter. That <laughs> little thimble guy lands on your property, he puts up a will work for food sign and a damn thing you can do about
10: it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they even ruined operation. It used to be if you butchered a guy's plane, lose a turn. Now they take away your medical license and you have to perform black market liposuctions in the back of a Jiffy Lube. <laughs>
8: good idea. Why don't we play Bottoms Up until the kids come home?
9: You know what, Peg? I have an even better idea. Why don't you and Marcy go hide? Jefferson and I will come find you.
8: Good. <laughs> I love to play hide and go see. Come on, Peggy. I know just the place. Uh-huh. 1,001. 1,002. Two. Two.
9: 1,003. 1,004.
0: and uh, you know Al makes some comments about Monopoly it says you know he used to love Monopoly buy a property put a bunch of poor people in jail and then there's also uh, Jefferson talks about how they ruin operation (laughs) used to be you butchered a guy's spleen lose a turn now they take away your medical license you have to perform black market liposuctions in the back of a jiffy loop
7: (laughs) 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 Uh, that's that's awesome
0: (laughs) and you know like those are like real like sitcom joke i'm saying it's like a different kind of style of joke i mean it almost like sounds like a very seinfeld-ish to some degree would you say
7: yes no definitely definitely
0: now here's uh now peg introduces this game called bottoms up Now, I had to do some research on this because I'd never heard of it. Now, have either of you ever heard of Bottoms Up before?
7: I always just thought it was Twister, but they couldn't use Twister.
0: That's exactly what I
2: thought. I thought it was Twister, like they didn't have the rights or uh, you know to use it, so they just came up with a TV version of it and called it Bottoms Up. (laughs) That's what I thought. Well,
0: you are both right, but Mm there is actually a game called Bottoms Up, which was invented in nineteen sixty-nine, which is sort of a Monopoly-type of game. Although the game that we see on the show was more Twister in nature. So the, the object of the game called Bottoms Up was to be the first player to accumulate 30 credits, thereby completing one year of college. The game was produced by the Colt 45 Malt Liquor Company and designed for adults. And a few of the ground rules listed in the game were, A, a drink of Colt 45 means you bottoms up one glass of Colt 45, With this in mind, it might be best to start with four or six-ounce glasses. B, of course, if you're not of legal drinking age, then it means a glass of milk, prune juice, or similar beverage. And C, the minimum length of time for a kiss should be agreed upon and at least 10 seconds for a start. So some of the action cards uh, required you to do, like smoke two cigarettes simultaneously, obey any wish or request of the player on your right, put an article of your clothing on backwards, do a Jack Benny imitation for 30 seconds and explain to other players why you think that sex before marriage is a necessity. <laughs> so uh, you can find this game on uh, eBay uh, and they're not uh, cheap, by the way. It seems like it was like a very like limited release game for a brief period of time, uh, late 60s, early 70s, and then that was the end of it. But then later on, we see them playing Bottoms Up, which is more of Twister. So what I thought was uh, funny is like, you know, Al and Jefferson tell the girls to go hide and they start counting yeah. and then they just like <laughs> ignore them, like watch TV. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: that's totally something, uh, you know, us guys, us men would do. Like, when we're just like, I just want to sit here and watch TV, damn
7: it. <laughs> yeah, you go hide.
0: Yeah, I'll come find you. <laughs> yeah. Now we cut to the school gym and in comes Bud with Mindy.
11: Tonight,
10: bud. Oh, uh, you're welcome. And now that my escort duties are over, I'm going to escort myself over to that hot redhead over there. See
6: ya. You'll be back,
11: and you'll be begging me for a little flesh and men
0: So, if you'll notice in the background, we have a, uh, a sign that says "Class President Richie Gurman. So that's a reference oh. to Richard Gurman, who was one of the producers, and uh, president. Kim Weisskopf, uh, who is also an executive producer for the show. German co- co-wrote the episode, as I noted at the beginning. And the music that's playing in the background is Can't Touch This by MC Hammer, you know, which is a, a, riff, a riff on uh, uh, Super Freak by Rick James. And that was released in January of 1990. So if this is 1995, it would make sense that Kelly graduated high school in 1990. So you're playing the music from five years earlier. Nice.
2: That adds up there.
0: I, I like Mindy's line. She says, you'll be begging me for a little flesh and metal. <laughs> 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 like I said, I, I wouldn't mind it. You know, a little blood ain't going to kill me, right? Yeah.
7: Hell no. <laughs> you can make good use of that thing.
2: Come on. Because I've seen those, the, these big handlebar braces like on TV and stuff, but I've never actually seen one in real life. Did did kids actually wear those at some point? Or Yeah, they did. Okay, because I've never, because I've seen this on other shows and stuff during that time period, but I don't, I don't remember any kids in school that I grew up with having braces. Yeah, that
0: I, and I've never seen a 23-year-old wearing them, right? I mean, <laughs> well, that's
7: yeah, that's that's a little bizarre. Yeah.
0: But, you know, I mean, you would expect it maybe on an eight-year-old or a ten-year-old, right? But, but not right, not right. at that age. Yeah,
7: and I've also seen them with the with the back brace, you know, the big metal back brace. Sure.
2: Yeah. I'm just imagining, like, like, uh, so, Mr. B, just let you know, I'm a flight attendant, so you know, I, you know, I'm customer facing, you know, every day when I'm on the plane. Sure. I'm just imagining a a flight attendant showing up to work on a plane wearing one of those. Can you imagine? (laughs) How the the hell would you wear one of those during the COVID era where you have to wear a mask?
7: (laughs) Yeah, you got to get a pretty big mask.
2: I mean, can you imagine wearing a mask and wearing one of those at the same time?
7: Talk about having trouble getting a date, like, geez.
2: Well, I'm just thinking, like, you know, one of the weirdest things to me is when you see these men that have these enormous beards wearing a mask. Yeah, You know, you have a mask, and you have a huge beard popping out. This And that looks weird enough. This would look way weirder with the— Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> You'd have— You'd have a mask with this piece of hunk of metal just popping it out. <laughs> well,
7: imagine it look like, you know those pup tents that they set up? You know, like it looked look like having a pup tent on
0: the front of your face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's God. Funny. So after the scene between Bud and Mindy, we now have the girls, the rest of the girls. So Kelly, uh, and again, I'm going to go by the actresses' names. We have Heidi Mark as Ashley, Fawn, Lisa Boyle, and uh, Sarah Ann Morris as Jessica come in. <laughs>
5: The old gym again. Yeah. <gasps> Look, the hoops are in the same place. Oh. <laughs> Look, they are the bleachers. Oh, oh and there's the claw. Oh, and there's you. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Come on, let's sit down. Guys. Okay. Uh oh, big problem. There's six chairs and five of us.
6: Well, maybe
5: one of us will show up again later. Okay. (laughs)
6: Um, Oh,
11: gosh. You guys, this is so much fun. You know, I think we should have a five-year reunion every year.
0: (laughs) And uh, Mindy joins them, so now there's five of them. So the girls say, wait a minute, there's a problem. There's six chairs and there's five of us. (laughs) So she says, well, maybe one of us will show up again later. (laughs)
7: That's one. That's one of my favorite. That is my favorite line in this episode. <laughs> we have a problem. <laughs> uh, that's that's just one. Of, that's my favorite line in the episode.
2: As good as those girls look, there's no way all four of them would be single at a high school reunion. Not happening.
0: <laughs> so you know. So trying to put some realism into this. So you know, at a five-year high school reunion, you would expect them to be twenty-three years old. Right. Right. I mean, that's so long as they haven't been held back now. Now, one of the things we'll talk about later, I mean, we can mention it now, is that, you know, Bud is at that high school reunion and Bud is younger than Kelly. So why is he at that reunion? Right.
7: Right. That's true. And it's possible, you know, those four girls are just too stupid to realize anybody was interested in them. I mean, they could be they could be going for that.
2: Well, what's really weird is that, uh, well, Bud's there because he's Mindy's date, but the other girls—that's true—the the girls that are—I mean, you know—we we already talked about Mindy's not bad looking herself, but the other three girls are clearly hotter than her. They're Playboy playmates, but those three girls can't get a date, <laughs> or they don't have a date with them. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Or maybe they're fishing for a $10 million alum, you know? That's true. Right. They want the
2: $10 million guy. They don't want Bud. I mean, <laughs> right. th-
0: there's, there, Kelly has that great line. He's like, he's the ex-husband of my dreams. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, like... Stuff like that. I mean, have you encountered things like that at your high school reunion? So, you know, so Chris, as I mentioned, so Mr. B was a teacher in my high school. I actually I was never his student. Uh, like the, one of the funny things about this. This is true. You know, yeah. <laughs> But, um, you know, and my high school actually has a tradition that I don't know if you could call it a tradition, but we have a reunion every five years. You know, so like religiously, like I think actually our first reunion is like six months after we graduated. Uh, Like it's probably like I'm going to say in January or February uh, of the year after we graduate. And then at the 5, 10, 15, 20, because of uh, COVID, the 25th uh, reunion was uh, anniversary was canceled this past year. Uh, But one thing I will say, like in my encounters, and I've been to all of my high school reunions every five years and it's fun. I'll say like uh, Facebook has taken a little bit of the bite out of it. Because now like pretty much like, you know, you're on maybe these groups where your high school class is maybe like on one group and you can hear, well, you know, who has who has had kids, who has maybe like some kind of uh, uh, like a job uh, announcement, like somebody might, you know, have gotten a great job or is doing something interesting. And you you find out about that. So what I found is like the last reunion that I went to, which would have been t- five years ago, we when I got there, it was like, well... We pretty much, we all knew like, you know, what had gone on with each other's lives. And what I liked about it was we actually had like real conversations instead of like trying to catch up with people. But uh, these these conversations that they talk about where it's like you start reminiscing, like these are the things you talk about at a reunion and it's like stuff like that. Like, you know, it's like somebody who maybe like uh, something funny happened to them and like maybe like they're a little embarrassed about it. Maybe, but maybe like right. maybe like 20 years later, it's like they can laugh about it as well because, you know, so right. much time has passed. So I think it it sort of touches on that vein of like what a high school reunion is like for people. I mean, have you guys yeah. had that kind of experience? Um,
2: well, I, oddly enough, I did not go to my uh, my 10 year one. Uh, my 20 year one is coming up here in a, in a couple of years in 20, uh, t- uh, 2023, um, you know, 2023. Uh, but I think you hit the nail on the head that I think that like, uh, I guess with younger generations or whatever, it, that Facebook kind of takes a little bit of the bang out of it because my, um, uh, my, like my class, uh, you know, class of 03 has a Facebook page and it's very active, you know, like I know who everybody's married to, you know, who has kids, you know, what jobs people have. I have them on LinkedIn, you know, so on and so forth. So I feel like social media kind of took a little bit of the the bang out of that. I know my class there was there was over 400 people in my graduation class, and from what I heard, uh, less than 50 people showed up to the reunion. So <laughs> it wasn't uh, you know I, I didn't even go, and I li- and I live I live in the same town.
7: <laughs> I think I think it it's it has helped to a degree where, you know, all the reunions that I go to, obviously as a as a faculty member, you're supposed to be at all the reunions, and you know it used to be pretty much just kids like coming in and and the conversation was always the same. So what are you doing now? Where are you? You know, whatever. And now that you can keep in touch with all the social media, uh, it's that stuff's all out of the way. So when you see these people, you can actually have real conversations and it's no longer, what are you doing now? Where are you, where are you working? Are you married? Like that's all off the table. So it's kind of like you got the preliminary crap out of the way and you can
0: actually talk for real, um, because you know, all that stuff already. Yeah, you, you know, and I will say for my f- the my five year reunion was a shock to me because I, I went in and so what happens at my high school is at the reunion is in the school cafeteria. You know, my graduating class, Chris, was six hundred and fifty. All right, so usually usually at a reunion, they say like the first maybe the five year, maybe you might get half of the class, and then like it, it goes down. So maybe you might have like two hundred to two hundred and fifty people maybe show up. And what happens is the shock to me was is that the faculty members were actually serving us alcohol. <laughs> it's like, it's like <laughs> they were like the bartenders, R- right, Mr. B? Am I wrong on that? Oh, absolutely. Any, any
7: reunion, you, you, I always know, because my school does the same thing. Uh, I'm in Brooklyn, and every, every five years, it's another reunion. So you can always tell who the, the most recent graduates are. They graduated five years ago. This is their first reunion. You know who they are because they're all crowded around the keg. Like my school orders a couple of kegs and these are the kids who for the first time they can drink on campus and so all of the kids who are just out for five years it's their their first reunion they're all huddled around the keg because they're so excited to be drinking on school grounds
6: (laughs) (laughs) Yep.
5: look at all these losers to think that i slept with every guy in this room (laughs) what was i thinking that night
6: (laughs)
11: my God. Hang on to your thigh cream, girls. Prime Veal at 4 o'clock.
6: Where? <laughs>
11: no, no, guys. There.
6: <gasps> oh. He is
8: cute. If I wasn't rocking Bud's world tonight, I'd be wearing him like a wet retainer. Oh, <laughs> well, you guys, you guys, go to this
5: way.
8: He looks important.
5: Do you think I can nonchalantly get my underwear off by the time he gets here? (laughs) You're wearing underwear? (laughs) You really have changed.
0: So now we have, you know, the slutty lines. So Fawn says, you know, and to think I slept with every guy in this room. What was I thinking that night? (laughs) (laughs) I mean yeah. I yeah, I have to say like the delivery is so deadpan. I mean I have to give them credit for that. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So now Ashley says, however, hang on to your thigh cream curls, prime veal at four <laughs> o'clock. And they're all like, Where? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they
2: don't they don't get the four o'clock reference very well. They look in all different directions.
0: Well
7: here's, here's my thing though. If you think about like if you look at the if you look at the screen, right? If you look at where she's sitting when she says four o'clock, first of all, he's not at four o'clock. If she's if she's I don't know I'm trying to think, if she's like twelve, right, he would be like where he's standing would be like eight, like eight o'clock. Right? He's not standing at four and even like if, if, if we're twelve o'clock, he's two. Like so I don't know where she's getting four o'clock from.
0: <laughs> well, I guess that's part of the joke. She doesn't even know where four o'clock is, right? Right.
7: Yeah. <laughs> And they're like, where, where?
0: I thought this was a funny line, uh, although like it's probably a little out of context. She says, hang on to your thigh cream girls. And I'm thinking to myself, like, usually thigh cream is for cellulite. But I mean, these girls are 23 years old. I mean, they definitely don't need thigh cream.
2: Yeah, these girls damn sure don't need thigh cream. I can tell you that. <laughs> they damn sure don't have cellulite. Well, you know, the, the line that made me laugh the, the hardest was whenever uh, she said, you know, let's see, uh, see how quickly I can get these panties off and uh, – or these underwear off. And uh, Kelly goes, you're wearing underwear. She's just like, oh, <laughs> Just the way the, – the, you know, we talk a lot about how it takes a smart person to play a stupid person or whatever. Just like the way, the look on Christina Applegate's face when she says, you're wearing underwear? (laughs) Like she delivered that, man. Like Like she's so,
7: she's so proud of her.
2: (laughs) Yeah, she's just, she's perplexed. She's like, you really have changed, you know, like (laughs) Christina Applegate always delivers those lines. She just, her delivery is always on point.
0: Yeah. So like, again, so we have like this rapid fire succession of jokes. So it's like set up joke, set up joke. I mean, I mean, it's almost as uh, good as a Rodney Dangerfield routine, right? I mean, right. I I mean, at least you have a pause with him. But here it's like one sentence after another. It's like you can't keep up with the jokes. I mean, and they're all of the same nature, too. Now we actually see a very handsome guy who's holding a cell phone. So this is a mid-90s version of a cell phone with like perfect windswept hair, very tailored clothes. And we find out that he is Eric Nine Toes Waters.
10: Hi, girls.
3: Remember me?
5: Uh, yeah. Aren't you the guy who was standing over there just a couple minutes ago?
3: (laughs) Maybe I can refresh your memory. Does the Hancock Tower ring a bell?
5: No, but I think there's a time and temperature sign up there. <laughs> Although I can never figure out which is which. You know what I
10: mean? <laughs> I can. I watched it go down to minus 10 degrees that New Year's Eve you stood me up. I'm Eric, nine toes, waters.
5: Eric? Waters? God, you. You look so different.
10: It's amazing how your looks can improve with nice clothes, contact lenses, and $10 million. Oh!
5: Ten million dollars? Oh my God, he's the ex-husband of my
6: dreams.
0: (laughs) And he has to point out that uh, nice clothes, contact lenses, and 10 million bucks improves his look. Right. Uh, So Kelly exclaims that, you know, he's the ex-husband of my dreams. (laughs) Funny.
5: Look at all the loser things Eric used to do in high school. Computer club. <laughs> Future businessman of America. Oh. Class dictator. No. <laughs> Who would have thought that a geek like that would have ended up successful?
0: Now, the girls are looking at a yearbook while they're sitting down at the table, and they're investigating uh, <laughs> Eric Nine Toes Waters, and they find out he was a member of the computer club a future businessman of America and the class valedictator. <laughs> the
2: valedictorian. Who would ever guess the, val- the valedictorian would go on to be successful, right? Yeah. Right,
0: right. And you know, what I'll tell you is, you know, sometimes that doesn't happen.
2: That is true. You, fair point. Yeah.
0: You know, I, I remember uh, the person who was the valedictorian at my college, like I went to an engineering college after high school and you know he like graduated like I think with a perfect GPA which is like nearly impossible uh, and then like he went to culinary school right wow. I mean I'm not to say not saying that he's not successful but like I think some people get like a an image of it's like oh you know the the class valedictorian like the person who got the highest grade should be like the richest person or the with the best job and all that and generally wow. that doesn't happen all the time no No, definitely not. One of the things I'll note, you know, and sometimes, you know, I go to high schools and colleges and I do like career days. And the advice that I give kids is this. I say, what really people should concentrate on are their communication skills. And for myself, Mm -hmm. what I'd say is probably the most important classes that I could have taken were like uh, English, like being able to speak, like speaking, reading and writing clearly. And I'm also, you know, as Mr. B knows, it's like I'm a big proponent of the arts, you know, because I, mm-hmm. I feel that a lot of times there's an emphasis on STEM in terms of a curriculum. It's like everybody should be focused on, you know, science and math. and But it's like, yeah, the, everything is important. I think at the end of the day, all those things are important. But um, I think to be successful in life, you need to be able to communicate well. And... You know, something like what we're doing here, this is like a form of art. I mean, you know, we're discussing, you know, a show that <laughs> aired, you know, 25 years ago. You know, we're talking about it. We're thinking about it. And we have to speak clearly to an audience. And it's not something that comes easily. But with practice, you know, it can be done. I mean, I think anyone can do it as long as, you know, they, they practice. But it's one of those things that I think in the modern world is usually, like, frowned upon. But I feel like those are the things that make you successful,
7: Oh, absolutely. You know, when you, and you, you know, you use the word practice and that's, you know, that's the arts, right? And, and no matter what, like the arts is to whether it's visual arts, performing arts, it's teaching you to practice and to improve. And that's something that you're going to
0: apply to every aspect of your life. So the girls now have set up. So now we have a duel between Ashley and Kelly.
11: Hey, Kelly. You thinking what I'm thinking? Why don't things fall up? No. I'm thinking we should have a contest. A duel for Eric's affections. You're on. Okay. Choose your weapons. Damn, I knew I should have brought my wet T-shirt. Okay, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll use the move at 40 paces. Fine. 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 Go ahead. Okay. Okay.
5: All right, move over. You've seen the rest. Now check out the best.
0: The contest is, you know, choosing their weapons and doing the move at 40 paces. So... (laughs) We have Ashley gives her first, uh, does her first go at it, and uh, Eric ignores her. Now, one of the things that's funny, I don't know if you picked up on this. So when Ashley does the move, like this whole flock of men come around her, and there's also one female gym teacher. Yes. Yes. Yeah,
6: I noticed that. It's
7: hilarious. (laughs) And is it, now here's my question, Luigi, is that the same... Female gym teacher that's in the episode where Kelly's the cheerleader, and the gym teacher is like kind of hitting on her and saying, "Oh, girls, you know, party at my house tonight after the after the game."
8: All right, cheerleader huddle. All
10: right, girls, we're up, but it's close, and the guys really need your support. Men always need a woman's support. What do they give us? Nothing we can use. That's why we must treasure these moments together. By the way, tonight will be the traditional year-end slumber party at my place. You seniors know what I mean. All right, now, get out there and shake your
8: dots for Pokai!
0: That, um, that was the episode Pokai, right? In uh, season right. three. yes. Yeah. No, it wasn't.
2: But you know, that would have been a hell of a callback if they did. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Talk about a running theme, right? Yeah. A p o k e
2: She's like, no, it's p o l k, like you know, Polk, the president.
0: No, no, you remember like the 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 says, I like her, I like her a lot. I agree. <laughs> you know, and, and you know the thing is, is, like it's so irreverent and so politically, you know, uh, uh, incorrect. I guess you might say, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, you you can't get away with jokes like that because, like, I'm sure, like there would be female gym teachers who would be offended by that, and there's probably oh, absolutely, there's probably like some female yeah. gym teachers Association of America that you know doesn't want to,
7: you know. <laughs> Look at looking to sue, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah. like the like I said, yep. the yep. Italian Anti-Defamation League, you know, this whatever it is. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're, you're going to yeah. find someone who's uh, uh, offended by this, right? Oh, of course.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the type of joke. You know, I, I always say we're, we're so lucky that Married with Children happened in the time period that it did, because it, a lot of the jokes that are on the show wouldn't fly nowadays. And oh my god, also, yes. And, and also, the show wouldn't really have fit in the 60s or 70s. Oh so no. We're, we're really lucky, you know, we, we had this period in the late 80s, early to mid 90s, where this show worked perfectly, and we're so lucky that it happened when it did. Oh, happened,
7: absolutely. You know? <laughs> After that episode where where Peg is out dancing with the strange guy, the gay guy, and oh, his yeah. hus- his husband's being... And at the yeah. end of the episode, I was like, he's a homo, Peg. I'm like, oh yeah. my god, like you would yeah. never... Get yeah. away with that, like
2: the the
0: Homer Simpson episode. Yeah, yeah, that's right, right. Pete and his potato. Right. Yep. You you had Pete's potato. <laughs> I did, and I had his peach cobbler <laughs> too. If the dog didn't take his ball back, yeah. you got a you got a man at home that loved you.
7: <laughs> yeah, well, you got a woman that yeah, don't push your yeah. luck. <laughs>
0: That that was like a that to me is a five episode. The dialogue on that is like oh, is hysterical. Yeah, it's absolutely. You know, I, I'd be curious to know, Chris, you know, if we, if we went back to that episode how Alex and Crew rated that. But that to me is like that's like solid gold right there. But but oh, so yeah, but that, so politically yep. incorrect in, in today's world.
7: Oh absolutely. The way the way Al tells him to come sit next to him, what are you doing over there? Come <laughs> over here. Yep.
2: Yeah, that's a great episode. I I'm pretty sure they gave that one fives. I would be surprised it did That's that's a, That episode's a masterpiece.
5: Wow. He ignored both of their moves. Yeah, it's like he's deaf or something. (laughs) This has never happened before. We need advice from an expert on rejection.
0: So Kelly and Ashley get rejected by Eric. And I think it's Fawn who says, yeah, it's like he's deaf or something. It's like he's deaf or something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, you know, uh, one thing I wanted to point out when Bud walks in with Mindy, one of the things he says is like he wants to go check out that redhead over there. And I'm thinking to myself, like, hasn't he learned a damn thing from Al? Like, stay away from redheads.
7: Yeah, absolutely. Right, right.
2: If Al were my father, I would never I would run if I ever saw a redhead. (laughs)
7: Exactly.
10: (laughs) (laughs) Can I have this dance?
8: for the 15th time.
10: <laughs> Is this a cool hickey or what?
5: Oh, yeah, it's much better than the ones you make at home with the dustbuster. Buster. <laughs> Bud, with these
11: braces, I could make a hickey that would never heal. Bud, Kelly and I can't get anywhere with Eric Waters. Now, you're somebody who keeps trying even though he gets rejected, you know, time after time after time
10: after time yeah, after I, time Yeah, I, t- I get the point.
11: Okay. <laughs> well, we need to get through to Eric. What should we do?
10: All right, look, before you do anything, I'll go talk to him. I'll see if there's any hope at all, all right? I'll
11: go with you, bud.
10: Mm, no, you stay here. I'd rather admire you from across the room. Way, way
0: across the- <laughs> so now Bud is with the redhead and we see her and the actress's name is Tina New and she plays Debbie, although uh, that name is not mentioned on the uh, episode. So Mindy says, these braces, I can make a hickey that would never heal. <laughs> so Kelly goes over to Bud because she's trying to understand rejection and she figures that Bud knows the most about rejection. So now we cut to the Bundy living room, and Al, Peg, Marcy, and Jefferson are playing bottoms up.
8: All right. Al, right hand blue.
9: <laughs> what is it about this game that's so sexy? I'm touching Peg's rear, and for once it feels pretty good. I feel someone touching my
10: rear. I think it's Al. He's not as strong as Marcy, but he knows what I like.
1: I love all these hands groping my tush. This game is just like sex, except I have a partner. I
8: hate this game. No one's touching my rear, and it's way, way up in the air.
2: Oh, and they have us neutered.
0: <laughs> so now, you know, they're all talking about touching the rears, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. The dialogue here is amazing. This is this is probably one of the best stretches in the whole episode here. The writing really gets strong here, I think.
7: Yeah, you yeah, know, I love I love when uh, like Al's hand is on Jefferson's ass, <laughs> and it's like, hmm, it's not as strong as Marcy, but <laughs> he knows what I like.
2: Yeah, I got a I got a la- a good laugh out of that whole sequence there. Uh, Marcy's like, I hate this game. No one's touching my bottom, and it's up really high, you know?
0: <laughs> you know, as I mentioned earlier, Bottoms Up, at least the game that I think is referenced, is a different game than what they're playing, Which and they really seem to be playing Twister. So Twister is a game of physical skill introduced in 1966 by Milton Bradley and has been inducted into the American National Toy Hall of Fame is played on a large plastic mat that is split on the floor or ground. The mat has six rows of large colored circles on it with different color in each row, red, yellow, green, and blue. A spinner is attached to the square board and is used to determine where the player has to put their hand or foot. The spinner is divided into four labeled sections, left foot, right foot, left hand, right hand. Each of those four sections is divided into four colors, and after spinning, the combination is called, for example, right-hand yellow, and the players must move their hands or foot in a circle of the correct color. You know, so I think the whole point is you have to continually twist your body so that uh, you don't fall down. Right. And uh, I don't know if either of you watched Mad Men. I remember like there was, I think, an episode of Mad Men where the, they showed Twister on screen. Uh, did you guys uh, remember that? I did not see Mad Men.
2: Uh, No, I've never watched that
0: Wonderful, wonderful show That was actually probably, after Married with Children The only show that I saw from start to finish in real time Okay So now Bud has a conversation with Eric
5: talk to you for a sec Uh, okay but just don't touch me
10: (laughs) look uh i talked to eric and he really likes you he does he wants to meet you alone
5: he does now
10: he's drawn this map so you know where to go. Okay. Be there in an hour, and don't tell anyone. Even you? Yeah. Yeah, especially me. I can never know.
5: <gasps> oh, thank you so much, but I owe you big time. I'm not gonna, like, pay you or anything, but I owe you. Thank hey. <laughs> you.
0: And we find out that uh, he says that the, Eric wants to meet both of them alone. So first it's Kelly. Mm-hmm. And then it's Ashley.
7: Right. <laughs> and, they go, and they go to dance room. She's like, hey, can I talk to you? Don't touch me. <laughs> don't <Yeah>. touch me. <laughs> Ashley, I need to talk to you for
10: a second. No, okay. Just don't touch me. <laughs> Look, um... Eric told me he really likes you. He does? He, uh, he wants to meet you alone under the bleachers. You know, back where they retired your number?
11: Thanks, bud. And I want you to know, out of all the nerd boys I humiliated, you cried the best.
10: Thanks. I'll remember that. You just remember, under the bleachers, 15 minutes.
11: Okay, got it. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. Uh, how many Mississippis are there in 15 minutes?
0: Now, I'd say at this point, did you guys say like something was up? Like, like you know, like sometimes like, you know, you don't know what the punchline is until the end of the episode.
2: Yeah, I, I figured that, that both of them were going to go up there. I, I didn't know that Bud was going to crawl out from under the bleachers, but I figured they were both going to end up on the top of the building there somehow, you know?
0: Yeah, the first time you saw it? Yep. Yeah. Uh, wh- what about you, Mr. B?
7: Yeah, I definitely knew he was up to something. Uh, w- with Kelly, I figured, yeah, he's going to have her wait on top of the tower. I wasn't sure what he was going to do, like with Ashley. That, that kind of took me by surprise, but that was great.
0: Yeah, you know, I, if you remember in the episode Impodent, right? Like the whole thing about uh, yes. you know, faking impo- impotence, like... I remember the first time I saw that episode, uh, mind you, I was very young. I was probably nine or 10 years old. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of like, wait, like, what's going on? Because, like, you're sort of not let on that, you know, Al and Steve are up to something. So you get to the punchline right. at the end, and it's like the, the studio audience is howling. Like, if you listen to their reaction, because it was totally unexpected. But in this case, right. you know that something's up because he's doing the same exact thing to two girls. You know, he's doing it to both right. Kelly and Ashley. And, you know, and Ashley has a great line. She says, I want to know that of all the nerd boys I humiliated, you cried the best. <laughs> oh. oh, God. So one of the things that Ashley says is, you know, how many Mississippis are there in 15 minutes? So uh, I think uh, I think the correct answer is 900. So I think a Mississippi's a second. So the 60 Mississippis times 15 minutes. Right. Uh
11: Thanks, Eric. I had a really good time.
10: I'm right back at you. <laughs> Nerd girl. <laughs> well, we sure got our revenge. Well, I certainly got mine.
7: But, but how stupid is Ashley? I mean, if you look look at Casper and look at Bud, right, he is completely clean-shaven, and Bud's got a goatee and a beard. It's like, you know, yeah. you can't tell that this isn't the same guy.
2: <laughs> well, the other thing, you know, I was going to say, you guys have seen the old movie Revenge of the Nerds. Sure. Did did this did did this scene remind anyone of that scene? Uh, where that uh, you, you know the scene I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah,
0: that right? was a ten McGinley's girlfriend on the on the, on the yeah, movie. Yeah,
2: yeah, I remember where that nerd uh, is. I think he's wearing a costume or something. I can't remember. It's been so
0: uh, long. It I was a Star yeah. Wars, if I'm not mistaken,
2: right? Yeah, he's wearing a Star Wars costume. Yeah, but you know the scene I'm talking about. Th- this totally reminds me of that. You know that scene is pretty controversial nowadays. You know that. It's, it's you know, a lot of people say that, uh, you know, I guess in the Me Too era, you know, not to get all, too far off track, but a lot of people have a lot of problems with that as far as like, uh, you know, sexual consent. Because <laughs> she thought she was having sex with one person and reality she was not, you know. So <laughs> I sort of feel like this scene here, you know, not to go too far down a path, but I feel like this scene is something that wouldn't air on a on network television now either yeah
0: right yeah right yeah i mean i mean it's very explicit like you know she's pulling her dress down you know she comes out from yeah.
2: under the bleachers so i mean you, she thinks she's having sex with one person when in reality she was having sex with someone else you know
0: yeah you know and, and that's again you know uh, i think a sign of the times i mean that was i mean in the yeah. 80s i remember watching revenge of the nerds when it probably maybe a couple of years after it came out. I, I, not in the movie theaters, but probably when it was first airing on TV. So that was probably... Uh, so that was 1984. So figure like 1985, 1986. And I mean, mind you, I was very young at the time, but I'm like, it didn't seem like... It seemed like normal. And I guess it's mm-hmm. like, you know, for us as a society, normal changes <laughs> as, t- as time oh, okay. goes on. So it's like, I saw that film, I was probably maybe seven or eight years old. I mean, again, I'm, I'm not yeah. understanding you know, like what's really happening other than let's say, like you'll say this guy's kissing this girl, but, but, you know, I would be very apprehensive to show it to my 10 year old.
7: Sure. Yeah. But the funny thing is like, like uh, Eric Waters is leaning right up against the bleachers there. So it's like, he, he pretty much had to hear what was going on (laughs) underneath those bleachers. I mean, they're right there, you know? (laughs) I mean, he's probably thinking, yeah, great. One last shower I got to take, but I mean, he's got to be sitting there like listening to what's going on under the bleachers. there. <laughs> yeah.
10: I still don't know what yours was, though. Where did that map lead to you gave Kelly? Oh, gosh.
5: 20,230 Mississippi. 20,231 Mississippi.
0: We cut to Kelly on top of the Han- Hancock tower, and she's at 20,230 Mississippi. so So she's been there a while. And actually, let's figure out how long she was there. That, that's actually an uh, uh, interesting question. So 20,230 uh, divided by 60 yep, divided by 60 is 337. Three hundred and thirty-seven. What is that? Hours? No, can't be. Minutes? Uh,
2: minutes, probably right. Yeah. Sixty
0: seconds, right? In a minute. So three hundred and thirty divided by sixty again. So you're talking, she, so she's talking. She's been there about five, five almost five. Five hours. and a half hours. How's that possible? <laughs> so she's been there five and a half hours and hasn't
2: realized yet that it's
0: <laughs> that he's not coming. <laughs> no pun intended.
2: Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess she's going to stand there all night. I, I would think security would come up and be like, hey, the building's closed. Get the hell off the top of the... Get the well,
7: she, of the. Yeah, maybe she thought he's walking a little slower because he's got one less toe. On
8: God, that Bottoms Up was great.
1: We should do that every night.
6: Right, Al? <laughs>
1: Isn't that typical? He falls asleep and I want to play again. Peggy, have you
8: seen my Mr. Potato Head? I can't find him anywhere. Gee, I think I saw Jefferson with it a minute ago. Uh (laughs)
5: Uh-oh. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. Mr. Potato Head (laughs) Well, starting to get the feeling that Eric's not going to show up Bud is going to pay for this
0: So now we cut back to the Bundy living room And they seem to be very content with Bottoms Up And uh, Peg seems to be very happy and Al's asleep (laughs) So Marcy says, have you seen my Mr. Potato Head? I can't find him anymore and uh, Peg says, I think Jefferson, I saw Jefferson within a minute ago. And <laughs> Jefferson launches the Mr. Potato Head.
2: Yeah. Did you guys notice, like I was saying, that's not a real Mr. Potato Head back there. It looks like an actual potato, like the old fashioned guy. Yeah. Fashion, kind of.
0: yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there was some trick photography because like when when he launches the potato, I'm assuming like the potato like didn't really launch. So I think they just did like a stop motion on the camera. So it's like the 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 thing sort of like it. It ignites, and then, like, they just got rid of it so that, you know, they took the shot right after, so it looks like it disappeared. So, yeah. so now we have a reference to Superman uh, by Kelly. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kelly sort of figures out that Eric's not showing up, and she said that, you know, Bud is going to pay for this. So we cut back to the bleachers. And uh, Bud is content and happy, and he says,
10: oh, it was a mighty fine day in the life of Bud Bundy." <laughs> well, I guess I better find me a ride home. It's
8: what? It's hickey time.
2: <laughs> so, so that means Mindy was under there listening what was going on yeah. too. Yeah. Exactly.
7: So, so she's a, she's a perv.
2: So she under she was under there the whole time the two people were having sex. <laughs> oh God. <laughs>
8: no, ma'am. We'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app. And please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review.
0: And we're back. Okay, so Chris, how many Mr. Potato Heads are you going to launch for this episode?
2: Well, Luigi, that's a good question. Um, and I'll start off by saying I, I, I like the episode a lot better now after reviewing it with you than what I did when I watched it earlier. <laughs> um, I, I feel like, I don't know, it's kind of funny. I, I guess I changed my mind a little bit on some of the writing. Uh, some of the, the jokes uh, for the girls was, was really good. Um, especially the, you know, like you said, it was rapid fire one after the other, uh, for, you know, just basically the, the dumb blonde jokes, you know, <laughs> the title of the episode blonde or blonder or blonde and blonder. Uh, I feel like some of the, that writing was really strong. Uh, I don't feel like the B plot was very strong, really. I mean, we've got, you know, Al and we've, we've basically got the adult, you know, this is a, a Kelly and Bud episode. It's a Kelly and Bud centered episode. And then we've got, uh, you know, Al, Peg, Marcy, and Jefferson there at the house playing the TV version of uh, Twister, uh, which was which had some funny moments and some good writing, too. But I just didn't feel like the B-plot was very strong in this. Uh, however, it did have a lot of eye candy. Um, you know, we spoke about the girls earlier. Three, three of those four girls appeared to, either in Playboy or in some form of... Uh, you know pose nude in one way or the other so that's cool um so overall i like the episode i like it a lot better than what i uh what i did earlier uh but i don't think it's like a hall of fame episode or a masterpiece or anything like that so i'm gonna give it a three and a half mr potato heads out of five
0: so okay very good all right. So, Mr. B, how many Mr. Potato Heads do you plan to launch for this episode?
7: I have to say, I mean, I, I really love the the dumb jokes in this episode, I think, are outstanding. Um, they really, really shine for me and they, they just crack me up. The interaction between Bud and Kelly and Bud and the other girls, and just the girls between themselves, it's just that they're, they're just so stupid. I I absolutely love um, all those interactions. The B-plot, even though there wasn't a lot of Al uh, and Peggy in this one, I do think that when they did show those little scenes, they were quick-witted, they were funny, you know, it was just kind of cut like cut to them, funny stuff, and then cut away from them. I don't feel like there was any, like, boring parts whenever they cut to Al and Peggy and those guys, uh, I feel like it was, it was pretty well written. Um, for me, I'm going to say I'm going to launch Four
0: Potatoes. Four Potatoes. Very, very good. Then uh, they'll turn to hash browns, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so for myself, in terms of Mr. Potato Heads that will get launched, I guess, over the Hancock building, uh, I, I'm going to give this four as well. Um, I think when I went into this episode, I had sort of the, you know, Chris, you you know, I'm a three and a half kind of guy in the later uh, uh, seasons. Uh, That's like to me, Mm -hmm. like a standard, a standard married with children episode. But uh, I thought, it, you know, it was it was stupid jokes. But at at the end of the day, like I just thought it worked. And uh, this was like a little bit of a nostalgia uh, for them. A little bit of nostalgia for me again, you know, having Mr. B on today. Um, I think the uh, this episode to me was also a little reminiscent of Married with Prom Queen, because like Alan Peggy, they had their 20 year reunion, and that was back in um, was that season two or three. Chris, do you remember uh,
2: Married with Prom Queen? I feel like that's a season three.
0: So this is about nostalgia and. You know, I think, you know, the eye candy was, uh, I think, enticing to me. I think even more so than when I was like 16, 17 years old when I'm watching this <laughs> for the first time. But um, it was funny. And like I said before, like it takes smart people to be able to do stupid very well. This yep. was like I could get, like I mentioned before, like machine gun fire in terms of the jokes. It's like, you know, like well, very, fine. very Borscht Belt- Belt- Beltish, you know, um, like very much like almost like that Henny Youngman. It's like, take my wife, please. But but like mm-hmm. but you did like a '90s blonde version of that, you know, and it just kept going and going and going, so that made it work, and that's what made it funny. Typically, I like earlier seasons, uh, and I always say this because I I always thought that they had very it had very sophisticated humor. I think one of the aspects of Married with Children from the early seasons that I really like is that you have two layers of comedy. You have, you know, the that slapstick comedy, but you also have that high, high culture comedy that's blended in that, you know, to the, the average person will get the slapstick, but I think a more intelligent person will get that higher, um, at higher comedy. So this was very, uh, very low level comedy, but it worked and, uh, it made yeah. me laugh. I had a lot of out laugh out loud moments. So for me, that's why, um, I'm going to give it a fourth today. So for uh, Mr. Potato Head's launching over the John Hancock Tower. (laughs) Nice. Okay. All right. So uh, that's it today for the Married with Children podcast. So Mr. B, you know, before we uh, wrap up, I just want to say thank you so much. It was really an honor and a privilege to have you on (laughs) and to talk and to talk the way we used to talk, you know, 25 plus years ago about, you know, these episodes, because I I don't think we used to talk to him about them line by line. But I do remember like going over uh, sort of the outlines of the episodes. And that was like a Monday morning slash afternoon activity I used to do whenever I would see you in the hallway.
7: Oh, absolutely. It was it was such a pleasure to do this. It was great to hear you again and talk to you. And to, to talk about, you know, the episodes like we used to. I, I do. I do remember it well. And, yeah, I always look forward to seeing you. And like, oh, man, we got, I got to talk to Luigi about what happened last night.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, so, uh, Chris, one of the things uh, Mr. B and I were also fans of the Honeymooners. Okay. Absolutely. So, so, so there was another teacher who uh, unfortunately passed away uh, 10 years yeah. ago. Um, 10 years ago, it was very uh, uh, tragic you know very mm. a close teacher who was my actual teacher uh, and they were very good friends with Mr. B and they used to talk about the honeymooners yeah. a lot and and I was yeah. a big fan of the honeymooners and you know because of Mr. T uh I I bought the uh uh the lost episodes on DVD you know which which I recommend to all of our fans out there uh if you know oh, if you have never you know if, if you're familiar with the classic thirty nine of the honeymooners, you know the lost episodes are like almost like another two hundred sketches, I think in total, yeah, and they're just wonderful sketches because you know at the end of the day you know the Bundys are really like the descendants of the Cramdons. You know and and the bunkers they're not these they're not the descendants of like uh i'll leave it to beaver or father knows best or you know any any of those like uh cheeky uh sitcoms of the 80s i mean these are like very raw people and very real people i'm gonna say right yes yeah yeah Yeah, so you know these are great memories for me and uh, i really um I said it was really a trip down memory lane, and this was a great episode that you chose, Mr. B, just because they're they're talking about high school, so we get to—it's—it's absolutely sort of ties in. When you told when you told me season ten,
7: pick one. As soon as I saw Blonde and Blonda was on there, I'm like, oh, that's the episode. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like it's
7: high school, it's dumb blondes, it's you know, it's
0: perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. (laughs) So again, thanks a lot. Thank you, Luigi.
2: Mr. B, it was a pleasure talking with you. uh, Pleasure, Chris yeah absolutely Luigi's mentioned you before in the past it's uh, you know it's nice to uh, nice to finally uh, hear your voice so that's
7: great same same to you and anytime uh, I'd love to do it again anytime you let me know
0: and we'll definitely take you up on that offer all right so next week on the married with children podcast we will be airing a very special interview with an actress who appeared on this week's episode she is extremely accomplished and her husband and two children all work in the industry We were able to secure an interview with her right after we recorded this episode and thought it would be great to air her interview right after. So we hope you will tune in to hear it. Two weeks from now, we will be reviewing the two that got away. Alan Jefferson go away for the weekend to a fishing lake in upstate Wisconsin. But when they arrive at the fishing lodge, they are rudely told to leave when Shannon Tweed, a famous B-movie actress and former Playboy playmate has taken their reservation. But when the guys arrive home, they discover that Jefferson had inadvertently snapped a photo of Shannon seducing the lodge owner in a hot tub as the reason why they were kicked off the property. As payback, Al and Jefferson decide to throw a tabloids auction to see which magazine will get that photo. Meanwhile, Bud casts Lucky the dog in a dog food commercial, but Lucky will only act unless Kelly performs the scene first. So thank you all. Thank you again, Mr. B. Thank you, Luigi. And as always, tune in again next week. Same Bundy time, same Bundy channel. Take care, y'all.